I'm Caleb Brown, host of the Cato Daily Podcast. It is December, and I am once again here to ask you to support the Cato Daily Podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute by becoming a podcast sponsor. If you support Cato to the tune of $1,000 or more, I'll gladly give you a shout-out on the podcast. The way to do it is to visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and make your donation. If you prefer, you may designate someone to receive the benefits associated with a donation of any amount. It's up to you. Cato accepts no government money, and we depend on the generosity of our sponsors to help us advance the values of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and support the Cato Daily Podcast and the Cato Institute. Thank you. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 4th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. When people need to register an official complaint against the police, it's often a challenge to even know how to do it. And there are many pitfalls in making sure that superiors become aware of the behavior of some of their lowest performing officers. Steve Silverman is head of Flex Your Rights. He details a project currently in the works to give police complaints some transparency. It's called Open Police Complaints. There was a video I saw years ago on YouTube, and it featured a brave young man, apparently. Uh, I never verified the the quality of the video myself, but it seemed seemed pretty legit. He would just walk into police departments and ask for a complaint form. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this. Oh, yeah. And he uh, is treated like he has just committed a crime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's uh, at one point uh, by one police department, he's actually placed in handcuffs. And he was very careful. All he did was request a complaint form. Uh, some people wanted to bring him in to sit him down and talk to him. And it, it seems pretty clear to me that police don't like complaints being filed against them. Uh, they, they try to, I think, in many instances, even when the... Uh, the case is a, is a very serious crime. Um, people uh, would rather someone not file a complaint against cops at all, and we'll try to talk people out of it. So what are you doing to help people be more comfortable <laughs> with the process of uh, engaging in complaints against the police? Right. I mean, one of the first things we're doing is we're just using basic web app technology to help people file a complete perfect complaint online like uh, you know one of the important things that i feel is that people who want to talk about their um, misconduct they may have experienced shouldn't have to go down to the police station and ask for information about how how to file a complaint because that was one of the main sort of barriers that that we found to filing complaints is going to the station and being greeted with uh, dismissal, someone who, you know, a station officer who claims they don't even know how one might go about filing a complaint or, oh, you know, why don't you just go sit on that cold bench over there for an indefinite period of time and we'll wait for the guy who deals with complaints to come back from lunch if ever. And so that's almost one of the better scenarios if you if you try to file a complaint at the station oftentimes you will be greeted with interrogation or hostility and that is terrible um, and it's something that uh, i've built open police complaints or, or opc as a way to help people uh, get around that because uh, people should be able to at least get started by filing their complaint um, 
online. So how does that work? So uh, I guess long story short is uh, just the sort of the heart of open police complaints is, is software that's kind of a lot like TurboTax for filing a police complaint. And, and really in the same way that it's very important that you not make any poor decisions when you're dealing with your taxes, uh, there's a lot of uh, complex decisions that 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 go into whether you should even file a complaint or not. And then if you do, how to do it. And so we really, when I started doing this, just a little bit of background about my work with Flex Your Rights, I've been educating people about their basic constitutional rights during police encounters since I founded the organization in 2002 and uh, made a series of videos that are online uh, that teach you how to say, officer, I don't consent to searches. Am I free to go? And uh, from there, you know, it, it really occurred to me that this is the next step because just because someone asserts their rights doesn't mean they're going to uh, avoid a negative police experience. And a lot of people come to us not having seen our material. And I'm not going to say, well, make sure next time you have a negative police experience, you do assert your rights. No, I'm going to say you need to file, you should consider filing a complaint. And so when they do start that, I want to make sure that they're making the people are making the right decisions and are doing it as if they were uh, an ACLU or an IJ attorney who's in that situation. And that's how I approached it. How does it work? Uh, you know, when police departments, I'm sure, you know, they don't want complaints to be filed. They're the cops. They're carrying guns. Um, what do police do? to minimize the number of complaints that come through their offices? Well, the, the first thing is just sort of the, mo the, the more visceral one that, that, that video shows. And, and really anyone, if you really want to know how, you're, how well or how poorly your department just deals with people, I, I think anyone can do that test. They can put on, just put on your shabbiest jeans, don't shave for a few days and like go into the station and simply ask for information about how to file a complaint and see how you're treated. I think that that is a very good indicator of just how well or how poorly uh, that department is just treating people on a daily basis. And so that is one of the more obvious barriers is just departments making it difficult and making people feel like jerks or trying to file a complaint. But there's also just some basic technical ones, uh, just trying to go online and file, finding information about how to file a complaint can be very difficult. There's 18,000 police departments in the United States with a whole <laughs> varying degrees of how uh, easier or difficult they make it to file a complaint. But for example, you know, if you go to the homepage of the police department and you try to find where to file a complaint and it doesn't have that, you know, that's a, an indicator that this department isn't that concerned about that. If they don't have a unique page set up for how to file a complaint, if you have to call the department and ask them for information about that and they say, oh, you can't do that online. You got to come down to the station in order to do that. And you got to do it in person. That's a problem. That's a department that is hostile in my view, to, to people trying to file complaints. And so I think that, you know, people should be able to do it much more easily. But at the same time, I'm not surprised that uh, police departments um, generally do a poor job of collecting complaints. I mean, here we have the organizations and the institution that is least um, incentivized to try to collect complaints. Why would we solely rely on them to collect some of the most important information cataloging uh, what happens during police encounters, which is a huge, larger problem of just lack of information about what is happening um, on our streets. With respect to the complaints that uh, people file 
with police departments, what mistakes do they typically make? Well, one really important one is if you are someone who has charges that are currently uh, still unresolved connected to your complaint, that's often very much the case, especially with excessive force. Oftentimes the charges come after uh, the unnecessary or excessive force. You know, you're going to see a lot of cover charges. You're going to see uh, charges of assaulting the officer, which can you know can be a felony or obstructing justice or disorderly conduct. And you look at the def- the person who's now the defendant, and they're bloody to a pulp, but the officer doesn't even have a scratch on them. And you sort of wonder what's going on there. And so, uh, in, in that situation, it's very important that you not go ahead and file a, a complaint with the department. You first need to find a criminal defense attorney, and your criminal defense attorney will say, "Do not file uh, a complaint because." you can wind up doing a lot of things to undermine your criminal case, which needs to be resolved first and foremost. Um, and second, you can really just, you can indicate by filing a complaint, you indicate an interest or motivation to file a civil suit. And so what a lot of underhanded prosecutors will go ahead and do is just start piling on additional charges in order to, in order to, to, to create more leverage for their position. And so uh, first and foremost, if there are pending charges, uh, you do not want to go ahead and file that that complaint. What you want to do is you want to try to find an attorney. And so what we've built into the software is the first questions we ask or uh, a hand, series of questions just to determine whether or not you're someone who, if you want an attorney uh, or you need an attorney, you know that your answers will trigger that and we'll make sure that you go down one of two paths. Either you go down the path of fi- creating a complaint that then is submitted to the actual department and this is the important thing published online and is public so if the department completely ignores it uh your story doesn't disappear from the face of the earth as is currently generally the case or if you do indicate that you want an attorney you need an attorney we put you down our sort of legal what we call our legal referral track which is you know we'll you'll do a lot of this answer a lot of the same questions but essentially you're building a, a case file and then we'll try to uh team you up or put you in touch uh, with uh, an attorney who uh, can take your case. And if after you know a certain amount of time, you're not able to find an attorney to take your case, for example, oh, it's a long detention. Maybe the officers were, a little, were rude. Maybe they searched you but didn't find anything. There's no criminal charges attached, but you're unlikely to find um, an attorney who's willing to put in the resources and time to take up your case. You know, we'll say, you know, just go ahead and, and submit that complaint to the department and have that be public if that's what you're interested in doing. And you can at least feel at the end of the day that you've done the right things. You've done everything you can to tell your story. You've done everything you can to try to seek some redress or, or justice uh, from the matter. So at least, at least you can you can move on with your life knowing that you've, you've made the right decisions. For people who have already experienced um, a negative uh, interaction with police, uh, what do you recommend they do right now? Uh, you know, they don't have your software yet, uh, but what, what, what should they do now? This is exactly why uh, I created it because uh, when I sort of started this off, it was really just I tried to write a 700 to 800 word article to put on our website about how to file a complaint. And when I did that, I realized, oh my God, this is a complex branching algorithm. There's so many different possible scenarios that really make it sort of overwhelming to just sort of give a one size fits all answer to that. But really it breaks down to this. 
if you you know experienced you know you're upset about something you experienced you know, misconduct it could range from excessive force to rudeness i would say if there aren't any current charges that are attached to it that are unresolved and you don't have an intention to try to file a lawsuit but you just want to get the story out there then go ahead and file that complaint however way you need to do it you know google how to file a complaint against your department see if anything comes up if it doesn't go to the station's website and if they don't have information that you can find from there call them up and ask them how to file that complaint and if they say you need to come to the station if you're brave i would try that test uh, like that gentleman did uh, uh online and record the interaction and just simply ask for information about how to file a complaint because it's important to in a sense expect that you're not going to be greeted in a friendly way and that is a again a big part of the problem that that we're trying to get around is that most departments don't make it easy to file uh police complaints and that's a problem but if it is a serious situation you know you're uh you experienced excessive force there's charges attached the first thing you want to do is try to find uh, a criminal defense attorney before you consider uh filing a a public filing a complaint just with the police department now, when you roll this out, uh, when this becomes more available to uh, to people, is it your expectation that you'll roll it out in individual cities, or will this just be it'll just be as easy as uh, doing it from any location? Right. Right now, we are starting off. We're going to be rolling out to individual cities, and municipalities, based on the relationships that we have with local uh, criminal defense and civil rights attorneys. Like, for example, we have a really good relationship with the Legal Aid Society in New York City. And so we're working closely with them to make sure that we're finding, you know, just really good candidates uh, to file complaints. And so, and also using it for attorneys as just a better way of handling the intake of cases. I mean, one thing with with attorneys, uh, criminal defense attorneys, civil rights attorneys, is that they are overwhelmed and they are flooded with people's stories or just with people sending in things on paper, you know, <laughs> with like all caps, no paragraph breaks, for example. But just there's a lot of there's a lot of mental work that kind of has to go into that intake. And so what we're doing is we're trying to build tools to make it easier for people to just answer one simple question at a time, make sure it's taking them in the right direction, not making them repeat things. You know, if they indicate that they were, you know, like this was a traffic stop, we're not going to say, oh, tell us about the boating incident. You know, they're going to go down the right path um, to answer all of the questions that then the uh, attorneys can look at and see right away, like here's the name, here's the place, here's the location, here are the specific allegations that we, that our software helped people identify, not because they picked from a series of allegations, but rather identified based on the facts of their case and sort of discovered their allegations. And so with our software, the allegations line up really accurately with the facts of the case that people report. And all these things are just going to make it easier for uh, for attorneys, as well as like civilian oversight agencies who who participate, um, and you, you know, with the software to make it easier for them to sort through uh, the complaints that matter the most, so that they can direct their attention to investigating uh, the most important um, uh, incidents of police misconduct, particularly use of force incidents. 
How do you expect police departments to respond? Uh, Clark Neely and Jay Schweikert here at the Cato Institute have, have done a lot of work on uh, trying to help lay the groundwork for ending qualified immunity for police officers, which protects them from civil liability when they violated the rights of Americans. Do you expect them to ignore uh, the complaints that you publish publicly or uh, bring to those departments? Right. And, and it's really going to depend on that department. I think there's going to be quite a variety of, of responses ranging from you know, ignoring the complaints to some interest. I think, I think the way that we collect the information that, uh, that police chiefs, um, you know, police managers who see this information, which it will be public, can use it uh, as part of just their own internal management. Like our information, for example, it can be incorporated into you know, uh, varying management systems like IA Pro, you know, so they can use the information as they see fit. Now, I, I know that a lot of them are just going to ignore the complaints. And so our success isn't going to, we're not going to live and die based on how enthusiastically police departments embrace what we're doing. We know that in many ways, they're going to be the last institution <laughs> to to embrace this, which isn't which isn't something that should be a surprise. We're simply trying to create really a parallel national-based system for for collecting complaints. Because, like I said, you know, the insti- why should we uh, put so much responsibility in the institution that has the least incentive to collect complaints to do so? Um, and just from that area, we know researchers, for example, understand the nature of this problem of really trying to get at what is happening uh, within individual departments or across the country. It's impossible to identify any sort of trends just because some departments just don't collect any data whatsoever. And the ones that do collect data uh, often just do a terrible uh, job at it to the point where it's impossible to uh, have any reliable information about what's going on. And so we're simply just trying to add to that body of information data and, and have it be transparent and open and accessible and so I'm hopeful that we will see some police departments that will uh, that will be enthusiastic and interested, and might even just decide to use open police complaints as their uh, complaint intake tools. Because I think when they compare what they have versus what we offer, uh, that some of them might be inclined to use it. What's the upside for police uh, when it comes to uh, taking complaints via uh, your the tools that you're setting up uh, versus? you know, uh, haranguing or dismissing people who come in and try to file one in person or try to make a phone call? For officers that are that are, that are are working within the Constitution or being respectful of people's rights, they have absolutely nothing to fear. In fact, one of the things we do offer is we allow people to submit uh, compliments as well um, as complaints. I mean, we're called open police complaints for a reason, and that is because ultimately complaints are they're a more important and richer source of, of information about how police are are behaving. But we do allow compliments and uh, the information can be very valuable, most importantly, in my view, to police managers and police commanders who can see what is going on. They can see whether this is a case of uh, individual, you know, quote, unquote, bad apples who are doing, uh, who are involved in most of the illegal searches or, or excessive force. And they can see what sort of trends are happening. They can identify the individuals as well. Um, a big part of the problem that we're trying to fix is that oftentimes police departments will sort of gesture towards 
open data by sort of by by dumping kind of like aggregate data sets and anonymized data, which is sometimes useful in some ways, but for the individuals who experience the misconduct, sort of having their name and having the officer's name no longer visible in the data really does a disservice to them. And also I think makes it more difficult for the public uh, to hold uh, individual officers or as well as the departments accountable uh, for the lack of, uh, uh, of discipline that otherwise should be. Steve Silverman is head of Flex Your Rights. The project is Open Police Complaints. Here we are on the cusp of 2019, and I'd like to ask you to consider supporting the Cato Podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute by joining our new podcast sponsor program. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and learn the benefits of sponsorship. That's cato.org slash podcast sponsor.